The metaverse is emerging as the next big technology platform and promises to be the next frontier for human experiences on the internet. Into the Metaverse covers companies, technologies, and trends that are bringing these promises to life. Join creator and host Jonathan Ross Friedman, founder and CEO of SuperSocial, as he interviews the brilliant minds that are building, shaping, and investing in the Metaverse. Welcome to Into the Metaverse. Uh, pleased to be here on this uh, Monday with Priya. Priya, good to see you again. Jan, good to see you too. We've got a bunch of stuff that are happening. Obviously, we're not going to talk about, we talked enough about it last week, although it's going to continue and be a conversation on what is happening around the world. But before we turn this podcast into a geopolitical podcast and other things related to humanity, which we, know we may want to touch upon, uh, I just want to wish everyone safety, wherever you are, whatever you do, be safe, love your family, your parents, your friends, your, your peers, and all that we can do to control our little environment individually. So I wish that to you too. Uh, but there is a lot going on in the metaverse or in the vicinity of the metaverse. So I do, let's jump into all that is new that we want to capture today. Well, let's do it. Let's start with a big deal. Microsoft has announced that it's closing $69 billion deal with Activision Blizzard. Jan, tell me a little bit about what this means for Microsoft and, uh, you know, what those holdups were along the way. Well, I think, first of all, for those who have been following to some extent, this is a deal that Microsoft has been working on for a very long time. They announced it about a year ago, $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard, one of the world's largest publishers, uh, could potentially be the world's, the world's biggest publisher of video games. And they finally completed the transaction after all of the potential legal hurdles. They've now completed the transaction. So officially, Activision, Activision Blizzard, with all of their content and games, including Call of Duty, among other games, is now part of Microsoft. I think in the short term, what that means is that Microsoft is really investing and betting a lot on their Game Pass for Xbox, right? And they're kind of evolving quite rapidly the Xbox ecosystem from a very world-guarded, device-driven ecosystem to now something that is really aiming to be the Netflix of gaming, right? And, and so I think in the short term and the near term, that is really the play the place to turn Game Pass into an all-encompassing subscription service where you pay once every month and you have access to an ever-growing library of games, um, including now games from Activision. So in that respect, Microsoft is investing heavily in really becoming de facto the place, the premier place where people go to play AAA games, and that would open up opportunities potentially for you know additional content down the line. And what's interesting is that PlayStation is obviously fighting against them as well with their own strategy. And you also have Netflix, who are less in AAA, but definitely in mobile and casual games, are investing heavily as well. And so we're seeing multiple companies trying to take advantage on building really essentially a cloud gaming infrastructure and service for consumers. So let's talk specifically about what this means for immersive technologies and immersive media going forward. You know, this is a metaverse podcast. So where do you see this deal sort of playing out? Well, I think in the long term, what is clearly in my mind happening at Microsoft is that they are they understand that virtual worlds and 3D experiences and entertainment could, will continue to be a really massive area of growth from internet content perspective. And they're investing in Activision Blizzard, but again, more broadly, they are really building a network of content and experiences that people are spending time in. 
it's unclear how that direct acquisition fits into a broader metaverse strategy. Quite the opposite. Last week, we just looked at investment they're actually making more concretely that are related to metaverse in the workplace. And, and so Hello? if I had to bet on like where their mesh. mind is at, exactly, and if I had to bet where their mind is at with regards to quote unquote metaverse, I would say in productivity and workforce, it seems like they have more clarity on how that plays out, especially with the next wave of 3D devices like Vision Pro, MetaQuest Pro, and so on and so forth. While in the more interactive or consumer internet, they're playing into their strengths today, which is games and interactive entertainment. But naturally, having that network of content where people spend hours and hours of engagement, that will set them into a place where they could have a front-run seat into what is the next wave of consumer internet as we evolve into 3D experiences at a massive scale, way beyond what we're seeing today. You know, um, when you say Microsoft is sort of leaning into what it knows, especially, um, you know, when, when I think of Microsoft, I think of like all of the apps that we use day to day, maybe less now, but Word and Excel and productivity nonstop, right? So it is interesting to see how they're acquiring and kind of growing into these new spaces. Uh, but that also made me think about an article you flagged for me on in which there is another claim that the metaverse is dead. And this time it's because Silicon Valley does not know how to have fun because all they do is think about productivity. And I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it. We can certainly get back to the like claim about the metaverse being dead. But what do you think about that idea that Silicon Valley is not a place for for gamers that, you know, because of the way the mindset of people who are working in that industry, they're thinking about making sure that like their clothes are optimized. They just wear the one uniform or the one outfit and don't worry about silly and frivolous things like, you know, what to wear each day or their diets are optimized. Their calendars are, you know, scheduled to the nth moment. What do you think about that claim that Silicon Valley doesn't know how to have fun? There's, there's definitely truth to that claim. You know, I think if you look at uh, the world's largest companies, well, let me take a step back. If we talk about fun in the context of video games and interactive entertainment, yes, there have been, if you look at some of the world's largest gaming companies and where they come from, very few of them come from actually from Silicon Valley, with the exception of Zynga potentially, right? But if you look at all the other big companies, they are in New York, they're in LA, they're in Maryland, <laughs> they're in Virginia. Uh, right, Zenimax is in is in is in Maryland or Virginia. If you look at Epic Games that build Fortnite, they're in North Carolina. If you look at some of the world's largest companies in, in video games in Europe, if you're talking about Supercell and King, they're in London and and Finland and Sweden. If so, if you look at, right, if you look at Chinese company, so so it's it's clearly unlike in tech or consumer tech or enterprise technology, in interactive entertainment, which we would consider for the sake of conversation the fun product. Silicon Valley doesn't have a stronghold there with the exception of Zynga and maybe some other small examples. And so definitely that's not a strong place for Silicon Valley. So it's not surprising that the article comes in and attacks. But I think the article misses on the main point, which is a lot of what's happening now when, with regards to the development of the metaverse, the important investments that are happening in technology are actually not about the fun. They're not about the game. They're about the infrastructure. They're about what Roblox is building. They're about next generation mixed reality devices or you know, what we're probably going to call them very soon, spatial computers. That's where a lot of the investments are happening now. And that would ultimately, over the next five, seven, 10 years, will enable the creation of those next generation experiences. 
one of the most innovative companies in today's world in interactive entertainment, Roblox, that is based in San Mateo, which is broader, you know, broadly San Francisco, Silicon Valley area or Bay Area, they actually don't create fun. They don't create the games. They create the technology, the platform, the infrastructure, the, the economy, the tool set for creators all around the world who are creating the fun. And so I think while there is some truth to the notion of Silicon Valley doesn't know how to make fun, it also makes for a good title. Uh, as if you're a reporter, so I totally get it and I like it. But I think at the end of the day, we're at the very early stage of the emergence of the metaverse. But if I'm the metaverse, I'm so ecstatic because apparently I've died multiple times this year and I'm still coming back to life. Uh, and so I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> so what do you think? Do you think we are coming out of what we've been talking about as a metaverse winter? Do you think spring is on its way? Or do you think we're still kind of in the status quo? You know, there's so many things happening at the same time. I would say... In my opinion, we're still at the very early stage of that. And it's actually good that there is all of these reports by the media that the metaverse is dead. Because I think the conversation around the metaverse is here was so premature. And really, the only reason it happened is because Mark Zuckerberg decided to make Meta's future or Facebook's future all about the metaverse. No longer true to some extent, yes. And of course, change the entity name from Facebook to Meta, uh, Meta platform. So that obviously turn on the light. You just turn on the light at a global scale and way too early. And I think what's happening now, also with the total distraction of the NFT marketplace and, and everything that has happened with crypto and so on and so forth, the complete decline, almost 99% decline on, on a lot of those phenomena, it really reduced the conversation and basically made a lot of people who I believe are looking at it from the wrong perspective that the metaverse is dead. But if you buy into the point of view that I am very bullish on, that we are at the very early stage of a gradual evolution of the internet from 2D to 3D, then you have to recognize that we are just at the very beginning of that transformation. And when you look at that, and when you look at who are the audiences that are going to populate the metaverse, they are kids today. They are teenagers, young adults at best, and they already live and spend hours a day in metaverse-type platforms like Roblox and so on and so forth. And so I would argue that the metaverse hasn't even been born yet, and it will take time until it does. And I think we should all take a, a moment to breathe and just focus on building and allowing these big companies build infrastructure on top of which millions of people are going to create interactive content, virtual identities, and so on and so forth. Um, and I think we're at a very early stage of that. We are seeing some of these tech pieces that um, kids love and young adults love moving into new platforms. The big talk at my house over the weekend was the fact that Roblox was launching on PlayStation. Tell me about this move and what it means for the company and for the industry. Look, I spoke about it with um, Dan Sturman, the CTO of Roblox, a few weeks ago, and it was a really great episode on the podcast. And, you know, I think what what I recall talking to Dan about, which I was fascinated because I asked him, Dan, how does Roblox get to a billion users on the platform? And there were three things that he mentioned, which I think one of them is, we'll talk about the PlayStation piece. The first thing he said, Roblox has to become a utility, meaning Roblox has to be more than a place you come to play games. It has to be a place where you communicate and they talk about this next generation storytelling and immersive communication. That is it doesn't a really- mean that I have to put my calendar app on there though, right? Like I can keep that off of Roblox. <laughs> Not at all. You, you know, you may, but probably that wouldn't be the first feature. But it has to become a utility, meaning people do more than play. They communicate, uh, even make phone calls. And, they you shop. Know, they have, 
shop and they have a feature that they're launching soon where you can actually make 3D avatar phone calls with your phone very soon on Roblox. So that's one, becoming a utility. The second thing I was talking about was anyone can create. Anywhere in the world, at any time, anyone can create on the Roblox platform. And that would build that, will expand the flywheel of content. More creators, more content, more content, more users, and so on and so forth. Then the third piece was device agnostic. Roblox has to be on every single important computing device in the world. So they're already on PC and Mac and iPhone and Android devices and Xbox and Meta. And now they're adding PlayStation, which is the world's most popular game console. The next step is going to be other devices like Vision Pro, hopefully, hopefully Nintendo Switch. And so you can see that the, 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 the trajectory of Roblox continues to be very much device agnostic. And so these are the three things that are going to be really important. And I think they were also echoed by a, an interview that Dave Bazuki, the CEO of Roblox, had at Code, uh, which is a conference you know, by The Verge. And he was talking about similar things. And so utility, anyone can create, and device agnostic availability, PlayStation fits right there. Jan, that's what I had on my docket to talk about this week. Anything else that grabbed your eye that you want to mention before we go? Well, I think there was another point, another article we were talking about, which I thought was interesting around uh, Yuga Labs laying off a lot of their team members that have, that are not related to their development of the other side, which is their own metaverse bet. And in an article a few months ago, I saw that they were th- referring to other side as like metaverse for adults. So I don't, I don't subscribe to a metaverse for adults because I think adults... Um, uh, just like you know, a 45-year-old were not the early adopters of Facebook in 2005. I don't think 45 or 35 or 30-year-olds are going to be early adopters of avatar-based metaverse environments in 3D. Having said that, I do think it outlines that Yuga Labs, with all of the hundreds of millions of dollars of funding that they've raised, is really evolving into focusing much more on creating a 3D virtual world that is interoperable and persistent, most likely based on blockchain with integration of NFTs. Um, And it's not surprising because their CEO actually spent years at Activision Blizzard um, uh, uh, running their Call of Duty franchise and I think ultimately becoming a president in the company, Daniel Allegri. And so it's not surprising that they're making that move, but it also shows how far we've come from the hype of NFTs in 2021. And now the biggest NFT franchise, Yuga Labs with Board Ape Yacht Club, is really evolving its company to focus exclusively on the 3D virtual world. And I think that really tells a lot about where this category and how NFTs could be um, having a utility in the future as platforms like other side emerge and you know the jury is still out there because they are they haven't even launched anything yet but it is right. very interesting and i'm going to keep an eye on that i mean i certainly imagine a board apes game coming you know for all of us to play and i think this is also goes to what you've been saying for a long time which is that all of these technologies will layer together they'll come together and they build that ecosystem so to talk about them in isolation is really to miss the point a hundred percent all right good to talk to you jan see you next week Thank you, Priya. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Into the Metaverse. We hope you learned a lot and explored new aspects of the metaverse. 